I am Yurima Karama. Even though doing slavery, the black woman had more latitude to develop her children and she had more latitude to, to pull the strength of her family together, she has resented that in the black male. There, there is some resentment. She, it's, and it's sort, of, it's, it's, it's sort of paradoxical because the black male is discouraged when he tries to do things on his own. She feels more comfortable if he works for the white structure. She would rather have her husband go and work for the white structure than for him to try to go out and, and do a business because she really doesn't have confidence in him as a man. And that's the sad part because black women don't have confidence in us and they try to discourage the kinds of entrepreneurship that black men are capable of doing and should be doing. We in a war, war, war. We in a war. Peace, prosperity, salutations. This is On The Wake Up Radio, a Cindy Ashby production. I am your host, Sharima Karama. Good to be here. Let's get it started on the Wake Up Radio way, the Yurima Karama way. This is a special show, so I hope you're tuned in. Thank you all. Let's get it. Trayvon Martins and the new hustlers starting The ones who's departing This is straight from my heart And pain that I feel Can't mask my rage I understand why people go postal and blast the gauge So many years of suffering We had enough of it Poverty's getting worse It's getting rough, isn't it? Sick of hurting Afflicted with burdens Stress on my nerves For this I'm certain Leaders is talking they say it's working. I say they full of it. Let's pull the curtain. Promises, promises. They keep on lying. Hunger rates are going up. Police abuse is rising. Kids out here dying. Mothers in churches crying. Wasn't this on the forecast predicted by the Mayans? So what we up against is an evil intention. We gotta break back, hit back, dissolve the tension. Trayvon Martin, put your hands up. Eric Garner, yo, put your hands up. Michael Brown, yo, put your hands up. Vincenzo Bland, please, put your hands up. Sean Bell, let's go, put your hands up. I'm a dude, Diallo, let's put your hands up. John Crawford, yo, put your hands up. Tamir Rice, it's time to put your hands up. I live it. Street life, drug life, I did it. Check the appearance, feel my spirit so independent. See, since I came out the womb, I've been an outcast. Say you can feel my pain, I highly doubt that. Call me a menace, a dope boy, and a scumbag. I struggled all my life just to get crumbs back. And when I didn't get clouds, I got raindrops. The second time I got knocked, it was by the same cops. It don't matter the city, I see the same blocks. Same perpetual BS, I ain't shocked. Got to be something more than just a hood cat i might pick up a ball or i could rap maybe i'll give me a dream and do like martin did they just gonna call me a terrorist say i'm starting shit but what choice i got i mean what choice i got yousef hawkins trayvon martin big and pop trayvon martin put your hands up eric garner yo put your hands up michael brown 
Yo, put your hands up. Then Sandra Bland, please put your hands up. Sean Bell, let's go. Put your hands up. I'ma do Diallo, let's put your hands up. John Crawford, yo, put your hands up. Tamir Rice, it's time to put your hands up. Peace, love, and light to the family, to the tribe. You are now rocking with On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, Yurima Karama, and this is an On The Wake Up Radio, Cindy Ashby production, giving Cindy major shout out uh, because she is the woman that makes this happen, makes this possible, gives us voice, and allows us to uh, <clears throat> tell our stories un apologetically. And so we thank Cindy for that. We thank Cindy for, for giving us this platform to do this uh, unadulterated uh, with no censorship. I mean, because uh, we are supposed to be demonstrating free speech, right? Uh, so she allows us this opportunity with no censorship. And we are so thankful for her and her work ethic behind the scenes. She does a lot. So I want to shout out Cindy. And <clears throat> I want to thank you all for joining. This is going to be uh, a very special uh, presentation because I actually, I actually did a stream on this some months back. Um, as a matter of fact, I did a, I can't remember if it was actually a look it up segment. I, I actually think I did. I, I know I did a stream. Uh, it might have been the latter part of last year, uh, beginning of this year, but uh, talking about uh, psychosemantics. And uh, what was interesting about that is, is that it hit me when I heard this brother speak and break it down. It hit me so prolifically uh, like what he was saying and the breakdown that he gave. And and I had I, I knew that there was like major trauma. Uh, uh, and, and some of our top scholars have, have told us about the trauma. They've even taught us about the, the, the trauma that gets passed down, the stress that gets passed down, uh, through the birth of our, uh, children and things like that. But to the extent that this brother broke that down, it was so, uh, so prolific and profound. And I was just like, wow, you know, and so now I get the opportunity to have this brother on on the wake up radio. And I'm just like, yes. And so we're going to be talking with Dr. Richard Williams tonight. Uh, and we're going to particularly uh, be talking about his, his work titled, they stole it, but you must return it. And uh, before I bring this brother on, because this is, uh, again, this is profound. Um, I want you to, this is the part that I that I um, talked about before, and I want this. I want uh, Doctor Doctor Williams to kind of uh, go in depth on on this, but I also want the brother to um, our elder to introduce himself and, and tell us, you know, about his life. That's what we're here for. But before we get there, let's let's listen. in the in the talk, there's a concept called psychosomatic, and that concept is when the trauma too great for the conscious mind to deal with the subconscious mind will deal with it to make the the being feel a little more comfortable and so there had to be some reactions because if black folk had consciously looked at all of these atrocities they all would have gone crazy so they learn ways in which to 
deny, ways in which to ignore, or ways uh, in which to, to, um, to feel good about themselves in a negative situation. And, and black folk manage, manifest that today. We, we, um, we will take a, man, uh, a, a negative situation and we will support that negative situation. We will take a negative concept and we will support a negative concept. An example is uh, uh, the word nigger, for example, which was a, a white man's word uh, name placed, thrust on us as black folk. Uh, in order for us to feel more comfortable with that word, we grab that word and we start using the word uh, for ourselves. And we use it quite often to describe ourselves in a negative and a positive way. We even, we even uh, throw affectionate uh, um, uh, concepts along with that word, like women ref refer to their their uh, sweetheart as well. That's my nigga, and so we learn. We so we learn how to 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 take these untasteful experiences and and and, and make them palatable to us by somehow re re reinterpreting interpreting them. That was, and so you know, I, I when I when I did that when I did that uh, when I did that video before. Uh, that was, I, I just, it was so profound the way the brother just, you know, just broke this down, um, uh, and <clears throat> just in putting it in a, in a scholarly text. So without further ado, I want to, and if you could expound, expound on that a little bit more, I want to introduce, uh, our beloved brother, Dr. Richard Williams to on the wake up radio, uh, Dr. Williams, thank you for being here so much. Thank you for taking the time out. I know it's kind of late in your area. And so um, I'm just appreciative for uh, you coming on this platform and um, shining some light on us and our young people so that these stories get told. Thank you so much. It's my privilege. And I'm grateful to be here, and I'm, and I'm thankful that uh, you've given me the opportunity to, to share uh, some of the um, uh, feelings and experiences and research that I've done in this area. Um, so um, I can start with, um, well, I'll start with a little bit about myself. Please. I, um, I um, graduated from an all-Black boarding academy. And so therefore racism uh, was something that was sort of foreign to me because all my teachers were black and all my fellow students were black. It was a boarding academy. And in 1955, I graduated. And right after I graduated, a, um, a situation that lived, that's, that stuck with me forever happened also a month uh, two after I graduated. And that was Emmett Till. Emmett Till mm. was killed, and um, I was on my way down from Pine Forge to Alabama uh, when that happened. And that thing just 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 resonated in a very very negative way with me because uh, not only did they kill him mercifully, they got away with it. And so um, I joined the um, musical group at at my college, and we were going through Montgomery, Alabama, a few months later. Uh, to do a concert, and we were pulled over by the state police. I was sleeping. I remember uh, getting hit on the uh, on the head on the forehead with the butt of a gun, saying, "Get out of the car, nigger." We got out of the car. They lined us on the side of the road. We had two cars. One car 
airplanes from uh, from Chicago, the other from New York. And um, so they start asking us questions and we start answering and yes and no. And they weren't going to take that. They says, you don't say yes and no to us. You say yes, sir, or no, sir, or we're going to kill you. And of course, mm. um, um, they ask us other questions and we say yes and no. Uh, we weren't really being defiant. This was the way that we talk to people. And one policeman, I'll never forget, he says, you said you were going to kill the nigga if he says yes or no to you and not no sir, uh, not, uh, no sir and yes sir. What are you waiting for? And that hit me. That was a time when I sat there and I will say this on TV. I hate to say it around my kids, but that was the time when I really felt that I could kill someone. Uh, I said, you know, we were innocent. I saw what had, done, what had happened to Emmett Till. I felt that there was no justice for, for a black man. And uh, I didn't feel like going out that way. And uh, so we finished our tour. We came up through New York and into Ohio, your state. And we wanted to do a recording at Berea, Ohio, right outside of Cleveland. Uh, we went in the studio about six o'clock that evening. We were there until about two o'clock in the morning. The state police, the county police, uh, a whole army were there to, I don't know what they're gonna do to us, but they had us to put our heads, hands on our heads. They marched us down the street with no explanation which uh, with uh, one guy had a uh, sawed-off shotgun, and he was nervous because one of the fellows in the group was pretty big. And um, they thought that uh, we had come there to sell some musical equipment. We had come there to do a recording. Uh, that that thing resonated in my, in my mind uh, really, really um, uh, uh, strongly, particularly when one guy said, well, I almost shot one of you guys because you moved out of line mm. and so that was my first experience with policemen after i uh we uh went through california down through texas back to alabama and then i came back to rochester new york to start to work and um one of the our mentors uh moved into a suburban area uh, they burned his house down um, we were stopped by um, Geneva Johnson, I'll never forget her, mother of Rochester, who said to us, they will kill you guys. They want you to resist at this point. They will kill you. Uh, we need to learn, you need to learn how to regenerate your energy. So I hmm. listened to her. I joined the NAACP. And when I heard, overheard uh, one of their board meetings, and I found out that um, uh, it was geared to contain rather than to develop. I quit the NAACP. Uh, that was back in 1957. Mm. Um, I then got involved in music, um, uh, had a, um, a good contract, I had a contract with Warner Brothers and until we got sued, our group got sued. And I came back to Rochester and I got involved in social uh, issues and social justice. 
uh, and then got uh, a job as the executive director of uh, uh, Genesee Settlement House, which is a social service agency. I got fired from the job uh, because, um, yes, we had senior citizen programs. We had programs for the youth. We had day camps. We had a school. But when I started looking into economic development in some of the uh, um, black neighborhoods, uh, the city told me that, hey, look, Richard, you can be a very powerful man here in Rochester. Just stay your, you know, you got them. Stay There's a parameter. You know. Right. <laughs> and my response to them was, um, you know, if um, you get value from what I do, that's fine. But I'm going to do what I have to do. Now, if you want to fire me, that's fine. Well, they chose to fire me. <laughs> uh, from that point on, I moved very quickly in Rochester. Matter of fact, the riots were going on, and um, uh, New York State wanted to um, educate some blacks into urban development. I was one of the um, six picked uh, for a master's in that. Um, also, um, they tried to run me out of town, uh, some of the folk, but the county health department picked me up as uh, director of, um, of poison prevention. And while I was working uh, there, uh, the University of Rochester asked me to be a research um, uh, preventive medicine department. And then the State University of New York asked me if I would be a professor at Brockport. So while I was a professor there, I um, um, was a different kind of professor. I told black students that, look, um, don't play the game of assimilation. You have to uh, get in here for yourself. You guys have to bind together, study together, and realize that you have to make your own agenda. Um, they were about to, I guess, get rid of me when I got in, 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 into a car accident. Uh, a car accident, three broken vertebrae in the neck, two in the back, um, my leg was broken, uh, my knee was uh, uh, damaged, my arm was damaged, my heart was damaged, my lungs were damaged, and my pancreas was ripped. And their prognosis was that if he lives, he'd be paralyzed the rest of his life. But I sat in that bed and I said, that's, that's not me. No one is going to determine my outcome but me. And to make the long story short, in eight weeks, I was discharged from the hospital. Prognosis was that um, I wouldn't be able to learn anymore and that uh, I should um, uh, forget academics, um, that I uh, should go on uh, disability, um, that I shouldn't drive for six months, and that I would have chronic pancreatitis uh, every six months. Well, I went back to school, got my doctor degree, and then got another master's degree. Uh, I, I wasn't going to listen to that 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 garbage. I um, from the hospital. I told my wife I'm driving home. I was not going to let the accident somehow inhibit me from from driving. Uh, I told him I did not want to go on um, disability when I think I when I think I cannot do for myself. But um, so I didn't go on disability. But when I was out, 
something plagued me. I kept asking myself, why? Why is it that me as a black man, no matter what I do, there is a, a systematic resistance. There is an innate resistance to the black man in this country. So I took three years aside and spent um, uh, my time at the library, at the University of Rochester's library. Frederick Douglass spent 25 years in Rochester, and therefore the University of Rochester has probably one of the largest uh, uh, selections of black uh, information. I spent three years there, and out of that experience, something hit me very, very hard, and that is the slavery experience and its effect on the black community and the white community. I found out that that system was so detrimental, so inhumane, so diabolical, so satanic, uh, that when I see a black person today, I see a miracle. Mm. So I decided, I decided to 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 um, put together in a book, in a uh, form that was easily understandable, on how the slavery experience affects our family, our educational system, and our health today, and how it also affects white Americans. And so the book is called, They Stole It, But You Must Return It. The they in that title is white folk. They stole it. Mm. You are black folk. Now, usually the thief returns what he stole <laughs> when justice is mm. But what they took from us, they can't give us back. Only we can give ourselves back. They can't give us our self-dignity. They can't define who we are. Uh, that slavery system, and I'll talk a little bit about some of the processes that they use, yes. was one of the most detrimental experiences in the history of this world, simply because it lasted so long, and the way and the methodology that they used, nothing, nothing will match it. Sometimes people say, well, you know, the Holocaust was just as bad. No. And here's why. Um, the Holocaust um, had, the Jews had two things going for them. One, they had their family intact and they had their culture. After mm -hmm. the Holocaust was over, Jews were able to pull their families together and their, their religion had been intact. That had not been disturbed. And they had outside help with the Americans, the French and the English. And so they've been able to, to take their philosophy of never again and run with it. And they've done successful uh, with, their, with their venture. We didn't have that. Uh, we had been enslaved for three or 400 years. We didn't have an internal support system because they, and I'll talk about that, how they took away our our um, mores, our, 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 um, our habits, our, our language, and all that, they tried to destroy that because they couldn't make a good slave if they kept those things intact. And after slavery, we couldn't, we didn't know who, we didn't know what part of Africa we came from. 
We didn't have the support system that the Jews had after the Holocaust. We mm. were left out on our own. As a matter of fact, not just left, there was a systematic program to make sure that we never, ever reach uh, our, our potential. And they're still intact here. And so uh, when I looked at, 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 at some of the, um, the methodologies used and some of the results and the effect of it, I, I, I said, well, I got to put something in a book and hopefully um, black folk will, will read and understand it. I'm not, uh, I'm not um, uh, the greatest writer in the world, but I will say this, that I think the book is a primer. I think there are much better books, but to start, I think this is the number one book to start. We need to know, first of all, what we've gone through and why we do think and act the way we do and why that is not, you know, uh, it's, it's not our culture. You know, we think this, it's, it's not really us. It's a watered down version of the European uh, black man. Now, uh, uh, in order to understand our potential in these areas, we have to know what we were like prior to the European invasion. And I just little, like to talk a little bit about that in reference to family. Yeah, I, I, Doc, I, I, Dr. Williams, I, uh, I definitely, uh, I want you to, to, to definitely get into that. I, I um, also, please hit that point, and I also want you to get into um, how, how the book was used yet to break us down from what you're about to talk about. So please continue, because I know where you're going. Please. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, um, the family uh, in the black community prior to the European invasion, the family was the most important unit in the society. Um, family was so important that if one tribe member married another tribe member, it would pull two tribes together. Uh, and if there were to be a divorce, it had to be a consensus of the tribe because family was so important. And unlike, and I'll talk about this later, unlike the capitalistic system where you get in and compete for the uh, uh, four things, your um, status in the tribe was your contribution to the tribe. So what you chose, when the biggest contributor had the highest um, uh, esteem in terms of contribution. Um, the family also had distinctive um, roles. The father had a very distinctive role. He was a nurturer, he was an educator, and he was a protector. As an educator, it was his job to teach his son how to be a man and how to be a father. Now, that's a very important um, experience. Uh, here in America, we don't think so, but it is. That was his job to teach his son how to be a man and how to be a father. And I tell kids when I speak in, when I uh, talk in school, I say, look, you know, get as much uh, education and information as you can. But do not ignore the wisdom of your father and the wisdom of older folk. 
um, uh, they, they can give you an added educational experience. And so uh, we don't do that today. We don't, we don't take on the responsibility, and I'll tell you why, of teaching our sons how to be men and how to be fathers. The other role was a nurturer. As a nurturer, it was the male's role to make sure that the internal needs of that tribe and that family were met. Um, I, when I learned that, I told my wife, I said, you know, um, our parents took care of us. And now they're getting older. I'm now the man. And it's my responsibility to make sure that they're taken care of. Not a nursing home. Nursing home, that's a... That's a European concept. So I wow. built a, a, a built a uh, apartment onto my house for um, uh, when my dad died and, and my wife's dad died, their mothers um, could stay there. Um, that's my responsibility as a nurturer. That was a concept we had in Africa. The other thing was a protector. As a protector, it was my job as a man to put my life on the line for my family and for my tribe. Put my life on the line. And we lost that, and I'll tell you how we lost that. But if we had it, we would not have our black communities disintegrating. We would not, we would not have the drugs in because the men would say this is detrimental to our children and we're not going to have it. And we're going to put our lives on the line to make sure it doesn't happen. That's a, that's a male's responsibility. They took that from us. They come in and do anything they want to in our community. They can put drugs into it. They can, they can move it. That is because we as men do not um, exercise the role that we need to collectively. Uh, when you, the, the female also had um, specific roles. It was her job to teach her daughter how to be a mother and how to be a woman. Um, she also, the mother was also a special entity in the family, even though the father was the head. She was looked upon as the queen of the family because in her large life, and the Africans had a high uh, premium on life. So the, so, the, so the black woman was looked upon with, with, with some reverence for that role. Uh, the sexual experience also was sacred. Um, you have different tribes that would manifest it in different ways, but it was sacred in that it was predictable. Everybody knew the rules and regulations around it. It was a sacred experience. The respect in the family was there. The oldest person in the family got the highest respect. The children accepted that. They respected their, their, their elders. They respected their mother. They respected, respected their grandmother. Respect was not an issue because that was just a natural part of the culture. I mentioned these things, some of these things, because those things were the things that they attacked in making us a yes, sir, Mr. Charlie man. They attacked those things, and I will talk a little bit about how they did that. Um, the, and I'll, right now, I'll, I'll explain the psychosemitic concept because this is what happens. 
the psychosomatic concept, like I said, it's, it's where the trauma gets too great for the, um, the, the, the conscious mind to deal with the situation. The subconscious mind will kick in and try to compensate. Uh, I'll give an example. I worked on the psychiatric, psychiatric unit 15 years and we'd see uh, all kinds of uh, folk coming in with, with issues. It had to do with an experience and their mind would, would, would control the body. For example, we had a young girl who was 12 years old. And uh, when she came in, um, um, she, she, and, and upon examination, she had never been uh, sexually molested, but she had all of the symptoms of a woman who was pregnant. All of the symptoms. We found out that, first of all, um, she was socially uh, deprived of just about every stimulation her parents would put on her. Uh, she couldn't watch radio. She, uh, she couldn't watch uh, uh, TV. She couldn't listen to radio. She couldn't play with her peers. And they'd put her in the, in, in the closet for long periods of time. And her mind, after a while, conjured up and tried to give her some type of companionship. Because there was no fertilized egg, obviously there couldn't be a baby. But the body went through all of those symptoms, trying to get some kind of companionship. Um, people come into emergencies after stress with headaches, backaches, and all that. It's the mind trying to compensate for the stress. It's the mind. Uh, as a matter of fact, the medical world says that almost 60% of the people that come into emergencies uh, departments have 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 a psychosomatic uh, component with their illness, which means their mind has to some 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 degree um, uh, control um, uh, their body, and 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 it could cause you to think differently, to feel differently, to even ignore the pain that you're having, even ignore uh, the enemy. Uh, and that psychomat, and I'll talk about how the psychomatic, psychosomatic, um, was manifested in the male, and then I'll talk about how it was manifested in the female. Now, remember, the male is um, a, um, an educator, a nurturer, and a protector. That's his main role. So when the invasion from Europe and, and America hit Africa, um. They had to break that down, um, and because you can't, you can't, you can't uh, make a slave out of a, out of a warrior. You can't make a slave out of someone who's who's willing to die for his family. You can't make a slave out of that. And actually, there was a lot of resistance, um, and there was um, usually there were about of of slaves captured. There's usually about five killed right at the shore, on the ship. There was about 33% that died either from uprisings or from beatings, beatings or from sickness. And even on the plantation, uh, there was almost uh, 10 to 20% killed by slave masters trying to, to, to contain this African warrior, educator, and protector. As a matter of fact, most, most slaves came to the Caribbean, and in, and, and in the Caribbean they had... Um, uh, it was called a breaking in period, and usually they would shoot or kill five men, not for anything they did, but just just to psychologically try to um, um, uh, sub subdue 
the minds of black folk and the, and, 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 and the bodies of black folk. At first, it didn't work. There were a lot of uprisings. They don't tell, it, they, they don't tell you about uprisings because they don't want you to know that uh, we didn't come over here. You know, sir, Mr. Charlotte, with our hands. No, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting going on, a lot of uprisings. But they figured out a way to get around it. If you uh, kill folk who are innocent because of someone else doing something, you'll get those innocent folk to control the people that are doing the, the damage. And there are, uh, there are uh, and I'm not talking about fantasy, I'm talking about facts. There were uprisings on some plantations and they killed all of the men cut their heads off, put it on posts. And as the mothers, the daughters uh, would, 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 would go out to work, they had to pass these heads. What, would, what did that do to the mother? The mother saw their, 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 their husbands, their fathers, their sons murdered. And they had to go past that. So when she had a baby, a baby boy, she did not want her baby boy to experience that. So she became um, a supporter of white um, suppression. She did not want her son to be killed. So she would tell him, when Mr. Charlie tells you something, you do it. And if you don't do it, I'm going to beat you. She didn't do it because she was mean. She did it out of out of um, out of survival, and there were no choices if you wanted them to kill because those those folk were crazy. They were satanic. They were crazy. They had no mercy. First of all, they stole it. They were thieves. No mercy. And the mothers tried to compensate for that by developing a role that is creating a problem for us today. But we'll we'll, we'll move on to that. So um, so now, um, he, 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 the, the male also um, will say, you know, hey, 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 uh, man, Joe, you know, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna escape, and we're gonna do this. We're gonna beat Mr. Charlie. One guy said, no, 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 uh -uh, I ain't getting no, I ain't getting no whoop, whooping. Foot. No, 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 mm -mm. no, no, no. You just, just cool it, because if you try something, he's gonna beat all of them. So our mentality, we get, we begin to, to, to contain each other uh, when someone would become innovative, and we still do that today. Yes, I mean, watch how society responds to people. You know, and I'm not trying to talk about religion, but uh, when you have a a, a, a Farrakhan or you have when, when these people rise up, unless they're rising up with the auspices of white folk behind them. Black folk is going to knock them down as well as the white folk. White folk don't have to worry because we'll knock them down. We'll pull them down. We see these people as being threats to us. And it goes all the way back to when they were, um, um, when this, this, this uh, concept was developed. It's still here. Uh, the psychosomatic reaction comes when you want to be comfortable with something. Your mind will put a situation so you'll, you'll feel comfortable. So we feel comfortable pulling black folk down. 
I mean, you know, we a white man does the same thing, it, it's okay. But a black man does it, we have an issue with it. Um now the black the black man's manhood was a became a, a, a victim of psychosomatic reaction. Uh and let me give you an example. Okay. Um, um Rami comes to the plantation. I'm the slave master. I um I own him. Matter of fact, he's not even a human being. The law says that he is a chateau. That's the same as a piece of furniture. And since I own that furniture, I can do with that furniture whatever I want. If I want to beat it, if I want to kill it, if I want to burn it, that's my furniture. And the law, the federal and state laws were behind that. This is history. Uh, so as a piece of furniture, I can do what I want. So I say to him, I say, hey, look, man, I got three women that I want you to sleep with. Woman number one, woman number two, woman number three. I come back six, uh, nine months later, they all have kids. Uh, woman number one, she got smart with me this morning. So I'm going to teach her a lesson and I'm going to also teach you a lesson. I'm going to beat that child in front of you and dare you to cry or say anything because I got mm. a tree out here that has your name on it. And so this warrior experiences this and nothing he can do without taking his own life in, 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 uh, in jeopardy. The second um, uh, lady she didn't show up to work. So I'm going to beat her, but I'm going to beat her right in front of you. And I dare you to act and do anything except smile. Now these are these are things that uh read about. The third lady, I'm going to kill her baby. But I'm going to kill it right in front of you. Now, what does that do to the man? He can either do one, one or two. He can go crazy, or he can he can survive. But you can't survive with that kind of experience unless you change your concept of who you are and what your role is. And did not see himself as a nurturer because he couldn't do it. He can see himself as an educator or a protector. He became a stud. Hey, what's happening, baby? I mean, that's my special. What's happening, baby? Now, our four parents had no choices. This was do this or die. Uh, they had uh, here in America. They had they had us. We couldn't. Um, you, you you could you're black. You're easily spotted. So therefore, you couldn't assimilate very easily. So the black male began to see himself now as a stud and the conversations um, um, uh, go around hey man how many babies you have I got three yeah oh, you on plantation I used to have Bill I got a couple over there too it's it's it was a a an effort to be a man when you were told that you're not a man you were a boy 
They didn't even call you a boy. A little old 14 year old white boy could call you um, a 26 year old man who could pick him up with one hand, call you a boy. Because that little boy had behind him, he had the city, he had the town, county, he had the federal government. Because uh, whenever there was an uprising and they could not handle it locally, federal troops were called in. History. They did it with Vasa in, in, in Virginia. History. And so it wasn't that white boy, that you, little boy that you were looking at. You were looking at America. And so they were able to seduce this man. And so we had to come up with a different concept of who we were. Um, they had us as forfeit, I mean, as uh, uh, shadows, and then it came to uh, two-thirds or three or four-fifths or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. just for voting purposes. And, 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 and we lived through that. And then we live through the, uh, so, so we have, we, we think even now, I don't care whether you're educated or whether you're a millionaire, most black folks still uh, look at themselves as inferior because you are defined by white folk. You don't even know um, uh, who you really are, your abilities, and you always um, measure success by their standards. And I'm not saying that there's any, there's not any good elements in that standard, but that needs to be your choice as to what you choose. And we are not defined by ourselves, and their definition of us is not equal. That's why we have um, uh, racism and everything, whether it's education, economics, or whatever. It's there, and we we need to stop fooling ourselves. I say to people here in Atlanta, and I'm very impressed with Atlanta. Because I think Atlanta could be the mecca, uh, could be a, uh, uh, the mecca for black folk, uh, uh, but it isn't. Uh, yeah, we have uh, probably one of the largest number of black millionaires down here. Uh, the population um, in Atlanta is 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 a majority. Uh, educational wise, it's 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 way up there. But I asked them. I always asked them. I said, you know what? And, and by the way, they have a lot of small businesses uh, here in, in Atlanta, black businesses. But I say the power is not manifested in that. When I look downtown, I see all those buildings. You don't own any. You're not part of the major structure, even though you're the majority. Because they cause us to think inferior. They can come into any section of the town and move you out whenever they want to. That shouldn't happen. You have the power, the resources to stop that. But your mentality is still part of the slavery damage um, that has been thrust on us. And we need to look at it as damage and we need to look at what we need to do in order to bring it back. Uh, so, so, so his manhood is a psychosomatic reaction. Um, his, um, his, 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 his role with his son mm. has been danced. Um, the, um, uh, teaching your son how to be a father and how to be a man was not allowed on the plantation. Not at all. Women had more latitude, <coughs> excuse me, 
with the family than the male did. The male was a threat and still a threat. And so therefore he was shifted off often to different plantations. Um, he was not allowed to teach his son. Um, education, as a matter of fact, the law here in Georgia in, in 1827, the law says, this is this, this shows us, well, I'm going ahead of myself. I'll come back to that. But anyway, uh, he was not able to, to teach his son. Uh, the woman was allowed um, some latitude. They had to take their children out to the field, put them at the side of the, uh, of the field and, and work and then pick them up and so forth. The male was not allowed at all to be involved in any decision making. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't beat his child because the child belonged to the, to the home, uh, to the slave master. Uh, you know, um, unless he was doing something the slave master liked, yeah, beat that boy. And, 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 and in that situation, uh, you, you would have had some authority, but authority over teaching your son how to be a man, how to be a father, uh, was not, was not part of the male experience. And, and, and even though, um, when you look today, you find that there's there that a lot of this has been carried over. Um, uh, we can go into detail about 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 the process there, but let me let me move on. Otherwise, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> get 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 sidetracked a little bit here. You're fine, um, Doctor. <laughs> okay, and so and so the black male's manhood and fatherhood has been challenged and not and has not been really redefined by us. And by the way, um, uh, uh, there's, there's some controversy on this, but my research um, uh, concludes that this jumping over the broom that did not come from Africa. First of all, as a shadow, you couldn't marry by law. Animals don't marry. Furniture don't marry. There was no, you couldn't. So the slave master, in order to uh, appease some of his slaves, uh, he'd let them jump over the broom and consider them marriage, but not by law. So, I mean, I, there are some things I think we need to hold on to, some things I think we need to, to get rid of. And folk get angry with me when I say, you know, it's an insult for you to, 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 to jump over the broom in your marriage. Do you really... Uh, uh, understand what that represents. That represents you not being a total human being, not having the freedom to marry the way that you wanted to marry. Because in Africa now, prior to the European invasion, <clears throat> marriage was a special thing. Marriage, like I said, if one tribe married another, it pulled two tribes together. And it was a elaborate uh, celebrations going on uh, for weeks. Because it, it represented a, a permanent uh, a get together, and this is this is you know uh, uh, male and female becoming one, and so um, this jumping on the broom was really it was it was an insult, but they had no choice. We have taken it, and we have made it into a celebration, just like we have taken the word nigger and made it our thing of of of. Uh, Talking, you know, I mean, I spoke in in, in a school in Washington D.C., and when I brought up the word, uh, we shouldn't talk the word nigger. I thought I was going to have to fight to get out of that school. 
Those people wanted to support that so much, and we are so damaged that we are going to fight to keep it. And 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 also tell folks this. I said, do you know why uh, we use the, uh, the MF all the time? You know, mother, blah blah blah. I said, do you know how that started? I said, Frederick Douglass. I said, and I'm putting my book. Frederick Douglass talks about um, um, this woman who, black woman who had this child and. And he somehow fell out of her arms into the fire, and he had a a burnt part on the, I think his left side, and on his arm. But the the scar was was uh, sort of um, uh, distinguishable. It was it was a special type of star uh, 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 scar. Years later, years later, she's being paired by the slave master with this guy to have babies, and when she sees his arm, she said, where did you get this scar? He said, I, I, fell, I fell out of my mother's arm because she, she recognized it. And of course she fainted. Frederick Douglass talks about that. And so this thing, people were, it, it got to be a fear of you screwing your mother because you call her mother. And so we have taken that word and we think it's cute. You know, you and see what, this is how the psychosomatic reaction works with us. We'll take the negative situation and we will ingest it and regurgitate it into something palatable. That's sick. Now, our foreparents didn't have a choice. We do. We can either continue on with the uh, tradition or we can be enlightened and become all that we can become because we're great people. And, 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 and our energy hasn't been tapped. It's been contained. But once we realize that, that, that a lot of things we are doing is, is really the reflection of containment, um, uh, we, we're going to be a dynamite foe. We, the, the, the world is going to, to realize, and they know it. They know it. They know that if we ever become enlightened, the 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 psychosomatic um, um, reaction has been very very um, cultural, I should say. They, these responses were necessary; they were survival responses. We're not in a survival mood right now. We can make choices. Yeah, some of us are going to be uh, have to sacrifice, but it's time for us. To make the change, it really is. Um, we are. We, I, I don't know. I have, I have uh, uh, four children and and seven grandchildren and 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 a great grandchild, and I don't want them to go through what I'm going through and what my fathers and grandfathers and all that and mothers went through, because we do not um, have a quality of life uh, here in America like we could. And we need to insist on that, and we need to start with ourselves. So that 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 father was no longer the educator, the protector, and the nurturer, like he was in Africa. The second, the, the woman also um, had a rough time. You know, I, I take my I like I take my hat off to black women. Uh, in my book, I, I quote um, Maya Angelou when she says that. Uh, you know, black women, uh, it seems as though there was a rod coming through their system 
you know, no woman is like a black woman. I mean, she is queen of the earth. I mean, it's just, I mean, she's just been powerful and we owe homage to her, but she's also been damaging, particularly to the black male. And we'll talk a little bit about that as a result of the slavery experience. The slave uh, treated the man uh, pretty much the same, pretty the woman the same, pretty much the way he did the woman. On the shores of Africa, some of the women were killed. They were beaten, branded just like they brand the men. And um, I don't know why I mentioned this. I, I may not have mentioned I mean, the slavery, the sexual experience. I remember I, I, I mentioned it, but I don't think I said anything about it. But the sexual experience was sacred. The black woman in some of the tribes would not have sexual intercourse after she had a child until that child was weaned because she did not want another life to interfere with the nurturing of that child. So there was a strong attachment between the mother and the child. And of course, they breastfed the child. And I'll tell you right now, there's no food better for your child than breast milk from your mother. None better, none. So they breastfed their children. So when they got on the ship, uh, they would not take a lot of children because children could not um, um, weather the trip because it took from 10 to 12 weeks uh, 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 on the Middle Passage. But they would take about three or four. And once the ship had launched out uh, into the sea, they would bring the mothers up on deck with these children and they bring the slaves up and they throw the babies overboard knowing that those mothers would go overboard after their children because they had that 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 uh, that bond who do you think they would rescue the mother or the child they would rescue the mother because they wanted the mothers to know that where you're going, your child is not under your control. It was a psychological thing that they did for the slaves. They saw that, and that mother was, was, um, was raped. She was beaten. She was branded. She was treated like an animal on that ship. And when she arrived in the Caribbean, which was the breaking in period, they had a ritual that they would do all the time. They bring out a pregnant lady to, so for the new slaves to see. They tie her to a tree and then he cut her stomach open and pull the fetus out. Once again, demonstrating that your body, your offspring is not in your hand. It's in our hands. When the mother would get to the plantation, she may be 18, say she's 18. You come back five years later, she may be 23, and she may have five children. That was really not a choice. It's mainly the, the slave owner's choice, and it may not be by the same man. That sacredness of the slavery experience was really violated. They raped our women. They raped our parents. They raped our parents. And America needs to know that. They raped our parents. Now, um, uh, she really has limited um, control over the children. She has to go and work. 
and children took care of children. And if the slave master didn't like what she was doing, they'd sell it. They'd send the children. As a matter of fact, if she's spending too much time, they'd send, them, send the child to another plantation. Mm. The mother compromised a lot to try to save her family. She tried as much as she could, and she became the dominant saver of the black family. The black man was out. Not because he didn't want to, but because they would not let him in. That has been pulled, pushed on and pulled on into today's society. And even today, and I know women don't like this, even today they're trying to uh, separate black women. They always open the door uh, easier for black women than they, than they do for black men. Black men is supposed to be the 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 the, the the, the bread owner, the bread um, uh, uh, berry. He's supposed to be the worker. He's supposed to be taking care of his family. But they make it hard for the black male and easy for the black women because it, it disrupts the family structure. And we fall into that trap. Now, I know that we all have been uh, women and, and black men, but we need, to, we need to set our own agendas because our survival depends on our unity. Because if you think America has changed since slavery, then you're fooled. Um, right after the Emancipation Proclamation, we thought that we were on the way up. Matter of fact, blacks uh, came out and voted. Some went to Congress. Boom. Next election, didn't happen. They had changed the laws so that you couldn't vote. Uh, the first time blacks went to vote, Blacks went there with guns. Uh, the second time, they, they had the, the two things they had to do. They had to take the guns from the black and they had to stop them from voting. And they were able to do that for almost 100 years. And they're still trying to do that now. Um, I, um, I think that um, guns equalize things. Because when they came to that, that pole with their guns, nobody, nobody's going to push you over. Because it equalize things. You know, I tell a guy, I don't care how big you are. When I have my gun, we're equal, brother. Um, <laughs> and, I, 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 and I'm not, and I'm not a, and I'm not a violent person. But I know that I, it is my job to protect my family. That's my job, and I tell folk on the line, I, I will, I'll put my life on the line for my family. That's my role. That's my God-given role. And I think black men need to think that to protect their family and their community, that's their God-given responsibility. And, 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 and we need to stop having someone else control us who really don't care for us. So the black woman uh, got a... Um, she she d developed a a protective mindset which is detrimental um, in that that protection ship shifts to her son and not to her husband. She um, caters to her son. He doesn't have to make his bed. He doesn't have any responsibility, whatever. And, and she... It's pretty hard on the man. 
I know myself, um, when I was, uh, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, I, you know, I was, you know, I like to have my own business. My family was satisfied, more satisfied when I was teaching at the university than I was when I had my business. Because they don't believe black men can have business. You got to work for a white man or you ain't, you ain't hitting it. I spoke at a, at a, a I spoke at um, a college in Tennessee, the black engineers. And I said to them, well, uh, what are you guys planning to do when you graduate? These are seniors. Uh, I, I'm trying to get me a job at IBM. And uh, and I said, aren't you guys going to do your own business? You got, no, no, I'm going. And, 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 and we encourage that. We think that unless um, they work for the white man, then you don't have a job. Um, not everybody, but, but generally that's, that's, that's the, my generation, that was, that was the feeling. My family was more satisfied when I was working for, for, yeah, that ain't a, I said, I'm going to open up a restaurant. That ain't a real job. I'm going to open up, that ain't a real job. You know, it is a real job. It's just that um, you think my real job is working for somebody. And that, I mean, I can't blame them because I, that's the culture that we have been brought up in. And they, and they don't respect our men. We have to understand what, what, how they, how they plan these things. Dr. Williams, real quick, with the with the current with the current situation that we see today between because I, I can clearly see the correlation between um, black male female relationships on the plantation and how that has transcended to our present time. So if we take the situation today and I see I, I see it, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur myself, but I see. Mm -hmm how the system is very catering to black women, but not black men. We have to fight for everything. Um, in some cases, I have to use a woman to even get a contract. I can't get mm -hmm. it myself. Uh, my question to you is, we see this, but many will deny this. Many will say, Black men, are, you're just lazy, you're uneducated, you got the same opportunity, black women are moving forward, and you're just staying stagnant, stop blaming everything on the white man. Dr. Williams, is that a part of the psychosomatic It definitely is. It is. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know, and you know what, what happens is, white folk know this. White folk plays games with, they play game with us. Because when they start thinking of, firm, let, me, let me give you an example. When affirmative action <clears throat> came up, it, 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 it initially generated out of the fact that black men were not give, being given the opportunity to, 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 uh, to get involved in the economic system. It started out, that's how it started out, black men. But they finally decide, okay, we're going to have affirmative action. We're going to have affirmative action for the black man and the black woman. And now all women. And now, and it got watered down, watered down, and the black man was moved out. That They successfully moved out the original um, purpose. Then we start talking about, you know, uh, we, don't, we don't have our culture in school. They're not taught in school. We need to have... Black culture start taught taught in school. Africa is more than just Tarzan and the apes. Good idea. We need to get um, uh, culture sensitivity. That's how it started. But everybody has a culture. Let's bring everybody in. 
once again, it watered it down to now, it's not really. And see, the reason why it should not have been watered down, every group that comes to this country have the freedom to keep their culture intact, except black folk, we came here, they took away our culture, we couldn't speak our language, we couldn't do our mores, our culture was stripped. Even our history was stripped. And even the, when you look at the Tulsa uh, situation, there are a lot of situations that have happened here in America of black success, but you don't know about it because they will squash it. They won't teach it in school. They're not going to teach black history in school the way it's the, way, the true black history. They're not going to do that. And, and so we fall for that. And black women now, they, they are falling for this women movement. But I tell these black women, yeah, it's a women's movement now, but that's why it's going to be a white woman's movement. And when they get when they get to what get what they want, they, they're going to drop you. But we need to forget that. We need to think about first of all, black family, black community, black education, and we have the capabilities of doing it. We don't think we can do it because white folk have told us that we can't, and we will tell ourselves we can't. But I say to black women, you're making a big mistake. Because what's happening now, the black young men who you have ruined by not letting the black father play his role with him, I, you know, and I hate to say this word, but I say it anyway. We are raising a bunch of sissies that they are going to, and when I say sissies, I don't mean they can't fight. I mean they have no man, uh, uh, manly foundation. They have no manly foundation. Uh, and 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 our, our 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 women substitute the commitment that they should have to their husbands to their fathers. I had uh, I, I'm one of my neighbors. I got on my neighbor um, uh, early this week. Uh, she wanted to use um, uh, um, one of my ladders. I said fine. I said what do you want it for? She uh, and she I took it over to her, and she says uh, I want to climb. I said you climb up. You got two young men here. 18 and 17. They need to be doing this. I've seen you out there cutting the grass. They don't, you don't need to be cutting. They need to be cutting. Well, and she's making excuses for him. And, 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 and she's training him to be irresponsible for some other lady who's going to put, who's going to look at, you know, it's, it's, it's a cycle. We have to realize that there is, you know, and it's, it has nothing to do with equality. We all know that we're equal. It's not a matter of a woman being over. It's, but we do have special roles. I can't have a baby, you know, and 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 I don't want to have a baby. I'm a man. So so there's a role that I play, the role my wife plays, you know, and 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 you know, and I, and there's a role that my children play. I don't sit down with my grandchildren who's six years old and try to bargain with them. I'm 85 years old. If my experience isn't isn't superior to what I'm, then hey, I need to be, <laughs> you know, your child. Right. Let me give you some wisdom. Let me give you some instruction. And I'm not going to have you to be this disrespectful to me. Even my grandchildren, and all all of them are bigger than me. But 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 you know, hey, I, I, I'm going to say what I have to say, and you're going to listen, because I am your grandfather. And I think that that's the way it should. And they and they respect that. They respect that. And I'm not trying to be bossy, but I have some wisdom uh, that that I can help them along the way. Just like my father. My father would like I said. My father, he had a fourth grade education, 
but had a lot of wisdom. And I was foolish because I was brainwashed that unless you have a high school education, you can't tell, you know, you don't, you, 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 you don't know anything. That's, 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 that's foolish. Uh, families are, are and, and psychology and sociology show you get corresponding negative uh, ills in the society. And many of our yeah. kids, and I, I, work in the, I worked in the prison system for 25 years as a volunteer. Many of the young men that go in, go in because they don't have an intact, healthy family. A father who taught them how to be a man, a father who put some time in with them. And they'll tell you, you know, my father, I don't even know who my father is. And, 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 and that's a shame. We need to, as a black community, pull that together. White folk are not going to do it for us. And we, need to, we don't need to come to them begging them because the African proverb says, he who pushes you down is not going to tell you where to fall. So, so we, we, need to, we need to have some workshops, seminars on, on what has happened to us. And, and when I, when I um, counsel married couples, especially and I see them ready to, to pull apart, and I find out that it's not really necessary. There's other things. There's culture that's drawing you away from each other. There's, there's, you, you really don't know how important you are to each other and how you can, you can, you can, you can come together. You forget the stuff that you see on TV. Listen to your heart. Listen to, listen to your heart. Listen to, to. There's, there's so much that you can do to keep your, your family intact. And when the male is, 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 is operating on his role and the female is operating on her role, you get a beautiful um, um, unit, a beautiful unit. Absolutely. White folk have taught us that that's not so. Yeah, they, 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 have, uh, they, they have, what they've done is they've brilliantly, uh, from, a, from a diabolical standpoint, have pushed the, the feminist movement uh, with a measure to break uh, along with the welfare system to break up the black family while they go exactly. home to their husbands and they keep their families intact. Um, doc, Dr. Williams. Um, so as I'm, as I'm listening to you and I, I just, I, I feel like, like all of black America should be listening to you right now. All of, every last one should be on this feed. Um, when you were talking earlier, going through and a lot of the history, I know it. But as you were as you were reiterating some of the things that I already know, I found myself getting exceedingly angry. Um, and, and for me, that's a good thing because it just keeps me on mission. Uh, but it also had me thinking about as a black man, um, what they have done to what they did to strip the warrior from us and then the generational trauma that went along with that to the present day um so now it's got me i, I gotta really look at myself in the mirror and make sure that you know and, and i think that we all still hold some of those remnants with us because we're in this country we haven't completely been set free uh but with the current situation that you see right now what would you say needs to be done because um, some people, some people say that 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 you know it, it's looking great. I say we're I say I say we're literally bleeding, 
And really? this is not this is not this is not a this is not blood that you can just put a Band-Aid on and stop it. This is serious bleeding right now. And so um, what would you say that we can do, if anything, to 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 change the tide? Well, I, I think that, first of all, we have to understand uh, our condition. Because uh, if a man doesn't think he's sick, he's not going to go to a doctor. And I think that most of us are, are ignorant of, of what's going on, and we don't understand the system. Um, we, are, we are sold on a system that destroys us. Uh, America, white America, and not only white America, European, the Europeans um, made a change in their direction once um, uh, they got involved in the Enlightenment movement and they got involved in evolution and the survival of the fittest. Uh, That gave them uh, their their justification, their foundation. Uh, if, If survival of the fittest is true, and if they feel that they're on top, then anything they do is appropriate because I'm on top. If I wasn't uh, supposed to be on top, I wouldn't be on top. So with that, when that came out as a as a as a philosophy, they applied that to slavery. As a matter of fact, slavery was not like uh, prior to that was not like the slavery they had in the Western Hemisphere. The Western Hemisphere became it, it shouldn't it shouldn't even be called slavery. It should be called something else because it's different. Because they felt that anything that we do is okay. Anything. Because the survival, for us to rise to the top, we're supposed to. Um, So evolution, survival of the fittest, and capitalism. See, capitalism came out of that. Because capitalism says, if you put up a McDonald's, I'm going to put a Burger King and run you out of business. I'm going to beat you down. That's not healthy. And that's not that's not the African way prior to the European invasion. Our thing was not try to compete. Our philosophy was to help to enhance you so that we can be enhanced together. Black folk have to almost take that same philosophy because as long as we play the game of capitalism in America, we're going to lose. Because they have the rules. They, they, we don't know the rules, and 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 we are not part of 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 the uh, of the economic success. We're not part of America's success. We were brought here not for 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 our success. We were brought here to 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 flourish them, and when we're not flourishing them, they're going to destroy whatever we're trying to do. They don't see the the capitalistic the capitalistic system is not all inclusive. You've got to have losers. We are losers. We are losers by design. Their design. Their design. And they can easily come together because um, in slavery, you could spot a black. You could you could you could isolate a black very easily. If I'm Italian, you know all I do is change my name. You don't know whether I'm from England or whatever. But blacks, they know us when they when they see us, and they still all they know us, and they're gonna make sure that they know us. There's, um, if you look at housing, there's a book called The Color of Law, which you ought to lead. It talks about housing and how 
how, how they discriminated us using housing by the federal government. It's a good book. Uh, any, any area you look at, if you look at um, medicine, same thing. And I can understand why some people now hesitate on the shop. I understand it. I'm not saying that they should, but I understand it because of the way that this medical uh, society has done to us. Even in the hospital, when I worked in the hospital in, in, in the 50s and, and a black went into x-ray, they would put the, um, uh, the, um, uh, the electronics higher because they, their, their rationale was blacks have thicker skin, which is a fallacy. And even black um, uh, technicians used to do that. Um, I went to, uh, I don't want to digress, but I, I uh, with the AIDS thing, I um, I went to Africa to study a um, the AIDS <clears throat> with a group. Uh, we had um, uh, we looked at, we went to look at Cameron because we were told that the Kim the the Kenyans had had a cure, and uh, so we had a television crew, some medical folk, and I went as a researcher. And before I left, one of them said that I said I said I don't. I really don't know a lot about AIDS. I better do my homework and do some research. And it kept, they kept, uh, everything kept directing me to to, to this uh, physician out in California who also was um, uh, a health director and he had a, 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 de a degree in pharmacology. He was M MD, but he had also, and he said to me, don't go. He said, because, and he was a white doctor. He said, because, uh, that is not a, um, uh, a disease from, from a monkey from Africa. And he says, I will send you a tape of a presentation that I did to a physician to prove that. And he did. He sent me that. And he says, I'll tell you this. Don't go. He said, because if you go, the CIA are going to interfere. And we didn't pay any attention to him, so we went. Um, oh, by the way, he told me that what he said was, he said um, that there were two purposes of the AIDS. One, to get rid of blacks and to get rid of homosexuals. And he said it backfired. He said with homosexuals backfired because I guess they were doing um, some uh, um, shots in, Cal in, in uh, San Francisco and in, in New York. And, but they, uh, it got crossed over to, to heterosexual and it got out of hand. He says, yes. but if you look, he says, but if you look at, at Africa and how it broke out and you follow the, the World Health Organization when they were doing immunization of smallpox, you'll find that the AIDS thing followed them. He says, I'm not saying that the World Health Organization did it. He says, but somebody put that in the serum. And he says, and so therefore they don't want black folk to know this. And he gave me all these studies. This was back in 92. Uh, you know about uh, Tuskegee and, and and the syphilis and so whole, oh, I mean this guy gave me a whole lot of stuff. We went over there and he was right because when we got when we got to the to the to the in in the airport, they cleared out the airport and kept us there. And um, uh, we had uh, we had a couple of patients who had AIDS there who got sick on the way, and there in the, we got there about six o'clock something like that. They cleared everybody out. Then they brought in the military. And we didn't know what was going on. And if you go to the bathroom, you had two guys with M16s going to the bathroom with you and 
all this kind of stuff. They took all our stuff and um, intimidated uh, um, uh, the, the one of the females physician. And um, and we saw, and eventually they 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 really um, took us out to an old uh, English compound, and we thought we were going to die. But eventually, when they found out that we didn't come over, somebody had said that we were coming over to um, uh, interrupt the government, something like that. But once they found out that we really didn't, then they opened the doors for us, and they uh, let us come into the research. Uh, Uh, project, but the length, the long story short, was that that project was aborted. I believe to this day that they had the Cameron, uh, the the cure, and I saw it administered to to someone who was blind going over there. But they called me from New York about four months later, uh, uh, playing basketball. I came to New York to help with a, a fundraiser. But that's the whole story is how they got boarded, how they got uh, squashed. But but but. But all of these entities are in 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 line with we gotta contain black folk, um, and for some reason they're really afraid of us, and we have allowed them to mess up our minds. So back to your question, we gotta have some conversations, and not conversation for debate, but conversation for. Growth and, and and development. We have to look at some of the things that have happened, and see the process that it takes in order for us to rectify it. We need to get all entities involved. We need to, you know, let's let's drop the Christian, Muslim, all these conflicts. Our survival depends on our unity. It depends on our unity, and first of all, we have to become educated. I'm talking about. Education about what's going on, what has happened to us, and what is going on. We need to know what all these things mean in the government, and whether or not we're going to participate in this. We need to look at. I mean, we're we're begging people to educate children. I don't know why we need them to educate our children when we are capable of doing that ourselves. Uh, that's key, because even if they they put Black history in the schools, they're gonna put it there in a way that is not going to change anything. They're not going to lay out the the whole truth, just like the Tulsa thing. What what history book do you find? It? And they don't talk about other areas where black folk tried. There's a black folk. They're lazy. No, they're not lazy. They're not lazy. Black folk are beaten, but they have. My grandfather. On my mother's side was a college graduate. My wife's uncle was a physician. I'm not a physician. Was a dentist in the Washington in 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 the um, um, uh, Boston area. He died almost a poor man because he couldn't practice dentistry uh, in the areas because he couldn't work on white folk. My grandfather had a degree, and he had he had to become a minister. So it wasn't that blacks weren't educated; it was the system was not going to let it work for us, and it's not going to let it work for us now. We think that things are opening up, but look at history. We thought things were open up right after slavery. Then the Jim Crow laws came. We thought that the sixties were going to make things differently. No. We thought that Obama 
Was it going to make no? I mean, there there are some 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 seemingly things change, but but the but the culture didn't change, and it didn't change for black folk generally. It looks better, but it ain't better. And it's not going to be better until black folk take more responsibility on their own destiny. And right now, we have enough blacks, we have enough resources to do it. And if we don't do it, and matter of fact, my, in my second book, I talk about the Great Triangle. The Great Triangle has to be the African American, the Caribbean, and the African. It has to be that way for our survival. And the Jews, there are more African Americans. African Americans only, then there are Jews in the whole world. Yet, if somebody tries to bother Israel, America is going to try to kick their butt. Why? Because the Jews have a unity. They have. They have also. They have their economic base here. They got their feet planted here. We can do the same thing. African Americans ought to be so strong in this country. That if America decides that they want to blow up Jamaica, no, blow up, no, we could stop them just like just like um, if if somebody wants to blow up Israel, we have more power than that. And if the African American and um, um, the Caribbean and Africa don't come together, we're going to be almost isolated eventually because the, the Chinese is is now all around Jamaica. The you take the The shoreline is owned by um, uh, the, the uh, not Japanese, Chinese, Africa. They're they're doing the same thing. They're just dealing us up, and we talk bad. This is why I tell my 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 Jamaican friends, you know, you can't hear you talk bad. But when I go to your country, I find that that uh, first of all, none of us from here go down there uh, to try to build that country. Or you get up here and you're just going to brag, oh, I'm from Jamaica. But but I went to your country. I see poverty. I see other folk owning land. I was in Montego Bay, and the money that came in over ninety five percent of that money that came in on tourism didn't go to the to the people there. Um, uh, so so we don't we need to come together and realize that we have resources in Africa. We have technology here in America. We have resources in the Caribbean, and we need to work as a unit. You know. Um, that's the ultimate goal, and and if we don't do that, the same thing that happened years ago, when France, Germany, England, and all these people got together, left Africa out of the root, out of the loop, Africa became the 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 the, the, the pot for pulling out people because they pulled out millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people and made them slaves. And the capitalistic system is such that slavery could come again. So we need to start um, planning like they plan. They plan for us. We need to plan for ourselves. Thank you, Dr. Williams. Um, you were talking earlier about um, a law in 1826 in Georgia. What was that in reference? Oh yeah, to? yeah. The law because I'm talking about the black child. See, because education was also something that America never wanted us to participate in. So, and they have they have laws like that in the other states too. But but the one here in Georgia, stated this. See, but you, so you could kill a black child, and as since he was uh, your property, you didn't even have to report it. 
you could sell him. You didn't have to. You didn't. You know, you could do whatever you wanted. But if you taught him how to read or write, and this is for a white man, not a black man. This is for a white man. If you teach that child to read or write, you will be fined five hundred dollars. And five hundred dollars alone was a lot of was a lot of money at that time, and imprisoned. That's the Georgia law. That meant that that they they don't care about your life. And then they said, why? Because if black folk become educated, they'll become a threat to our to our economy. They see you as a threat. You have to. We have to keep them down. And education, they they would they would they would they don't care whether you kill the child. They don't care what sell the child. Don't teach them how to read or write. If you do that, we're gonna find you. That 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 um, philosophy is still part of the educational system. Here we are in year two, 2021. And when I look at the educational uh, status where uh, most of the dropouts are black men, and that that our black men are not stupid. Our black it's it's not it has nothing to do with our abilities. It has something to do with the system. They do not want to educate us. And if they do educate us, they want to make sure that it's a controlled thing. We've got to take over our own educational uh, agenda. Uh, I thought at one time we could deal with the system if we can get the mosques and the and the and the churches to supplement uh, education, but but somehow they don't seem to to see the need uh, to service our, our people like like they could. I mean, we have the resources. It, we have the resources. We just don't have the mentality because we are so hung up on white folks' definition and, and, and parameters for us that we don't even think for ourselves. Dr. Williams, I, um, and, and, and I totally agree. Um, I've been saying, I've actually said years ago that um, the worst thing for us in this country is to uh, based upon the capitalistic system is to be in competition with one another. We can't afford to be in competition with one another. It, it defeats the whole purpose and it keeps us divided as a nation. Um, I look at the fact that I look at the fact I'm from New York originally, and I see that um, um, the fake Ashkenazi, what they call the consider the Ashkenazi Jews, um, they have their own police station. They have their own fire in their own community in Brooklyn. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so, um, what is your take on, uh, because we have a, we have quite a few successful individuals, but individualism. And when we talk about, when we talk about, you know, that, that concept of bringing down black people who kind of, you know, who make it say out of the crab barrel. Uh, one of the things I see is that they never reach back. And so what is your take on the individualism component as compared to the unified component where we are working together? Because I know in certain other communities, it's like automatic. They, it, they, they do it unthinkingly. They automatically reach back once they reach a certain level and they lift somebody else up with them. We tend not to do that in our community. Yeah. Well, well, the Jews, right after the Holocaust, the Jews said never again. 
And 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 they meant that. Well, first of all, we don't have a philosophy. That meant that they were never going to get that situation. But if you look at the Jews prior to Hitler's come down on them, they were much like us. They had money, education, but not unity. Now they have unity. I spoke at a Jewish center, and the first thing I saw when I went in there was they had, this is in Rochester, New York, they had names of all of the people who had relatives of those that died in the Holocaust. So that when I go in, when they go in there to, to, to play a game or whatever, they're reminded, never again, this should not happen again. We don't even look at the slavery system as being detrimental to us. The Jews look at the Holocaust as being detrimental and it's never going to happen and we're going to make sure it doesn't happen. We, have, we don't have that mindset. Because when I talk to people about slavery, oh, there you go again, talking about that. That's over with. We're ignorant. It is not over with. And so, uh, so when a person uh, gets a degree, he feels, I made it. I am white. Because that's what he's saying, many of them. I'm white. Now, they might, they, I'm not talking about the color, but they feel that I have made it in their system. And I'm not going back to the black system anymore. That's ignorance. That's why we need to talk about what happened. And we need to talk about, I mean, I see the same thing in sports. I see the same thing in sports. I, 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 I applaud uh, James. I do, LeBron. I applaud him. And, um, uh, but um, I applaud Jim Brown. Jim Brown and I did a book fair together. Um, uh, you may not know that Jim Brown may be before you guys' time, but uh, to me, the greatest football player still is Jim Brown. But no, Jim no, Brown, I know Jim. We, we're we're familiar with Jim Brown, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. So, so Jim Jim Brown, uh, we don't have blacks that 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 really have a good concept of themselves as a man, as a person, as a black person. We need to start, um, um, uh, we have to start educating people. And also we need to call the spade a spade. I, I, I think that um, uh, uh, we don't call a spade a spade. If you, if you are being fooled by the white person, I think it needs to be said. Um, uh, we're afraid to say to white folk that you're wrong, that you're racist, that you, you it needs to be said. Because, um, uh, and I'll tell you something, I'll give you an example too. Or something, and people are angry with me a little bit because of the Black Lives Matter. Because my thing is, why do you have to? Well, first of all, Black lives do matter, but why do you have to get somebody to endorse that? Why do we begging white folk to understand? We know Black lives. If Black lives matter, then go out and protect your family. Black lives matter. Then we need to do something to stop this killing the black men. And we can do it. We can do it. Uh, uh, if we put together, uh, we have enough attorneys, we have enough educated people, we have enough manpower, we have enough political power to stop this stuff that's going on. But we have to do it as a unit. We don't do it as a unit. Uh, our, our, our lawyers, uh, are they're, they're independent. We have enough lawyers to, to, to hit this constitution and break it apart. We have enough. We have enough to do it. We have enough political power to make sure that we get proper uh, police in place, and 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 there need to be education about the police because the police. I did a, a piece on the police. 
Uh, most of us need to know that the police started doing slavery as um, uh, a vigilante group. Right. And and so uh, so they have that mentality that they're supposed to protect the white community. That's their job. That's what they think. But that's not their job. And we need to insist that that be redefined properly and executed properly. I was doing a workshop for the police department in Rochester, New York, when they were having some racial issue because a young black man was walking in the neighborhood around 11 o'clock at night and they called the police on him. What they didn't know though that the young man lived there. But that became that became a hot issue. <clears throat> so I was supposed I was doing a workshop for the police on racism and they had a black policeman there. And the black and I was saying that um, I was talking about you know the the mentality of of, of, of of policemen and how they carrying on the slavery concept, blah blah blah. And the, and the black policeman interrupted me and said, um, if, 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 if I saw a white boy coming down Jefferson Avenue, that's the black community, I would stop him too. I said, yes, sir, I know you would. I said, but what the difference is, when the, white, when the black boy uh, was walking down, they thought in the white neighborhood, they, were, they called the police to protect the neighborhood. You would stop the white boy to protect him. I said, that's the difference because you feel you have to protect. That's what you think your job is as a, as, as a policeman, to protect white folk. And you believe that you need to protect white communities from black folk. And so um, uh, even black policemen, they fall into that category, uh, that same mindset. We've got to, this has got to be a conversation. It's got to be exposed. This has got to be, uh, uh, um, out in the open. We need to put things in the open. My dad told me if you want to deal with a snake, bring him out in the open. You, you try to deal with him in the, in the weeds and the grass, you might get bit. We need to bring this stuff out. Exposure is the biggest threat to racism. And we, that's why I think we ought to have a non-nonsense a non um, um, uh, policy against racism and go to the hilt with it. And you'd be surprised, like like somebody said, well, well, what do you do? I said, well, um, I don't, I don't dislike white folk. I really don't, but I think some of them need to be educated. And I'll make an issue sometimes of things that people said, oh, you're you're, you're beating a dead. No, no, no. There's a learning process. Need to this man needs to understand. First of all, this is not tolerated. You know, I'm a man. I'm not. I'm. I'm you know, I'm a man, and 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 I'm a proud man. You know. And I'll do this in the store. If I feel somebody in the store, I'll make an issue. I've had I've had one store to close. I had one store to fire somebody. And this was in Rochester because I'll start a, a a protest. I mean, I'm not talking about just a march and for I'm talking about a protest for effects. And that's what we need to do. We need to our, our protests need to be for effect. Not for demonstrate, for effect. We need to know how the system works and what you have to do to affect the system. And you have a right to do that as a citizen. You have a right to do that as a person. And when people, when America realizes that black folk is not going to tolerate the foolishness, it's, it, it, it'll cease. 
it will cease. They are bullies. One thing I learned about a bully, when I grew up, there were a lot of family. There were people had big families, so I was alone, only child, and so I had to figure out a way to deal with folk. And I found out that all you have to do to anybody that you fight, make sure you pick something that you hurt him with. Make sure you hurt him. You hurt him, he ain't gonna fight you anymore. And people would say, "Well, that that, that nigga's crazy. Don't 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 bother him. He's he's crazy." That's fine. You don't bother me anymore. If they, you know, people have to know that we are not going to tolerate that. And if we stick together, they they'll back off. But if they can isolate us, which they do, like they did with Farrakhan, they took and tried to get him off the off the air. There should have been a big protest from all media folk, black folk. This is not going to happen. We don't work as a unit, and we've got so much power as a unit. But that's going to—that's going to require re-educating. Yeah, Dr. Williams. Uh, one of our um, one of our uh, viewers says uh, it's very slim us coming together because there's always um, Negroes want to be the head head Negro in charge. So it's uh, yeah. he. he um, uh, one thing, one thing you mentioned, and I want to—it's um, getting close to uh, that time where we get off. But one thing you mentioned, uh, Doctor Williams, and I'd like you to kind of uh, expound on it. Some you talk about—you uh, break down nutrition, and you're a nutritionist as well. And you break down um, in the video I watch. You break down wheat bread versus white bread, talking about, but you make the comparison, talking about us as people. And basically, how they have watered us down. Could you could you kind of elaborate just a little bit on that? Okay, yeah. Um, when you when you look at your bread, you look at it and it'll say, it'll say enriched. That sounds good, but enriched means that they have taken the fiber and the bran from the from from the grain, taking it out. That's your that that's that's nutrition. That's a solid uh, element that goes in the bread. They'll take that out. They'll take out other elements, other minerals and vitamins, and then they'll put some of them back. They'll take out 10 and put four back. Now, if I you for $10, you give it to me and I give you four back, and then I tell you I have enriched you. You wouldn't believe it, but that's what they do. That's what they do with the with the white bread. That's why you know. I, by the way, black folk, we need to get into health for this reason. We were so deprived doing slavery as far as our health goes. That's why we have, you know, that's why hypertension, diabetes, uh, life, uh, heart problems, uh, stroke. Those things have we we've inherited those. Because the stress that we went through and so forth and so, forth. so so the uh, uh, they have um, taken our soul. Not well, not our soul because they haven't taken our soul, but they've taken so much from us and gave us back a watered down version of a European nutrition and told us that we're enriched. That's why that black man feels good when he gets a. Uh, a degree, or he gets a contract because he thinks, 
I'm I'm enriched. You're not enriched. Um, uh, and and I'm not knocking education, but we need to be real as black folk. We're not. Uh, uh, many of the advances um, are not there. Um, they are they are they are planned. They plan us where they want us to go. We need to stop that. So, uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I got off. But enrichment means that you take out a certain number or a certain amount of nutrients and you put some of them back. And then they'll put on their enriched and we'll buy that. We'll buy that. And and um, we don't like substance. When you take white bread, you know, all you get is, I mean, it's it, whole wheat bread is going to cause you to get rid of it. It gives you some substance and it also gives you nutrients. And it also gives you health. We also need to get into health. We die earlier than we should. Um, we have diseases that we could control or avoid by proper, uh, and it's simple. Uh, I can give you eight, well, I'll give you six principles that if you use properly, you'd be surprised you could cut those doctor bills down. I mean, my with that accident that I had, uh-uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't take any medication. I'm 85 years old. I, I, I jog, you know, uh, and I'll get out and try to play a little basketball with my grandkids. I can't beat them, but they'll know I'm in the game. Um, and, and, and I try to keep myself healthy. Uh, I know what they did to us. Do you know that at one time, on many of the plantations, they fed black folk out of the trough that they fed the hogs. That's facts. And and something else too, folks. That pig that we love is killing us. Pigs don't sweat. Pigs are scavengers. And what they used to do, they would take the nastiest part of the hog, which we call chitlins, which is our delicacy. That is garbage food. But that's the psychosomatic thing. We would take we would take the worst part of a, of an experience and make it palatable. That's sick. Um, um, so let's talk about something. I'll just run quickly, and I'll talk in, in detail sometimes about this. Water. We'll talk about water, for example. Black folk have a problem with water. And one of the reasons, it started on the ship. The ship took from 12 to uh, 10 to 8 weeks to, from, from Africa to the Western Hemisphere. It is documented that they would give you one pint of water a day. One pint of water a day. That's what they would give the slaves. It takes two pints of water a day to keep your skin moist. If you defecate, you're going to lose water. If you urinate, you're going to lose water. If you sweat, you're going to lose water. If you're, and every function in your body, every function in your body has to take place in a water-soluble environment. And the medical world says that if you lose 20% of your water, you will die. Those people on the ship lost more than 20% of their water because they were losing I mean, you can lose, you can lose almost a quart of water uh, just, just sweating in a day. 
And and they were not having the input in there. And so then when we got on the plantation, uh, they would go to work in the morning. And the only time they would get food and water was at lunch. And so uh, uh, if you have a choice between food and water, you're going to eat if you're hungry. So they weren't getting that kind of food. And when we did get something, and if it had a little sugar in it and a little color in it, we went wild. And we still, and that stuff is killing us. That sugar and that water, that sugar and, and, and drinks and all those uh, sodas and stuff, like they're killing us. Water is pure health. You need to drink enough water. Many of the diseases that we have could be avoided if we had enough water. Uh, uh, the, we, we have the onset of immune diseases uh, like diabetes and hypertension and, and a lot of things. And a lot of it has to do with not enough water, proper diet. Also, you need sunshine. We stay away from sunshine because we don't want to get tan. We don't get black. We need more sunshine than white folk. And sunshine is a healing element. You get your vitamin D from your sunshine. It, it does so much to your system. And that doesn't cost you anything. The water is cheap. Fresh air. I know most of us live in the city and the water the air is not pure. But as much as you can, breathe in deep, fresh air. Proper nutrition. You know, we have a high-fat diet. And the high-fat diet came as a result of slavery. The mother, and I give the mother credit, the genius mother would take some greens. And to make it uh, last, she put a lot of fat in it. Because fat, fat lasts longer. And so even now, when we have dinners, it's that, that all that fat in it. That stuff is killing us. It was okay for the slave, but it's not for us. You want a quality of life. You want to feel good. You want to, you want to grow old and feel good. You know, you don't want to grow old with, with aches and on, on you know, all these things going on because you're killing yourself. And our eating habits as black folk is not good. And uh, but there are a lot of good food. Well, there are some foods. That we that that saved us, sweet potato, the greens, uh, all, all all those things are excellent foods. We were able to maintain those, and those are as part of our soul food. But that pig, that thing is garbage. We need to get rid of the pig. Now, it to me it signifies white folks. Um, 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 it, 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 it it just it's just a bad thing. It's, it's just like nigger. It's one of those nigger things. Something that we should get rid of. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, um, the less blood that you eat, the better it's going to be. Because the blood carries um, uh, all kinds of things. And if that animal had a disease and you eat it, it's in your system. And and it, and your system now has to, to, to not only try to get rid of its um um, uh, fecal and, 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 and garbage, it's got to get rid of yours too. And that puts an extra tax on the system. Uh, eat a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables, a lot of nuts, a lot of grains, a lot of water, and a lot of exercise, sunshine, uh, a lot of sleep. You want to make sure you get sleep because uh, to, to lower the stress 
a threshold. Uh, and, and fresh air, and you'd be surprised how the quality of your life will come up. And you don't have to spend a lot of money for those things. But they want to, they like to experiment on us. They want us, we, 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 we fund a lot of things. We fund them. The medical world, we fund, uh, we, they use us. They use us and we need to become independent. Independent as much as possible. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Dr. Yeah. Williams, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and um, can you tell people where they can find your book? Oh, uh, yes. The book is on Amazon. My, my, my site is down now. It'll be up uh, in a couple of weeks. But you can go on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. Uh, you can get it at uh, Barnes and Nobles. But um, Amazon and Kindle um, has it. And uh, actually, you can go in and look at the reviews. The reviews are are, are good. Um, and I think I think it's a good book, not because I wrote it, but I think the information that we need to start out with is in that book. We really need to look and, and understand. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm starting a movement. They stole it, but you must return it. Because I think we, we as black folk need to, we need to start a movement of understanding that they did us wrong they pissed on us, excuse me, I'm mad, but we have to clean ourselves up because no one can give us our self-dignity, our self-appreciation, but ourselves. And we need to do that. So. And what, Dr. Williams, thank you so much. And again, that book is titled, They Stole It, But We Must Return It. Well, we must return it. You must return and, it, but it's, well, it's uh, yeah. yeah, they stole it, but you must um, return it. One last question. Yeah. I, I got to get yes, the one sir. last question from the elder. Uh, well, first, first, let me make this statement. Um, I, I absolutely I'm sitting here and I'm watching you move and I'm a very energetic person. So I'm sitting here and I'm watching you move and I can only hope. I'm hoping and, and we don't go on luck, but I'm hoping that I can move like you move and look as good as you look at, at 85 because. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 the ancestors have, have done you, they, they have done you well, sir. Um, one last question. Can we, and, and I think that, and I'm asking this, uh, and it's a real question, but I think our young people need to really hear. Can we, in your, in your opinion, can we as black people globally live and be successful without the interference of white people, Indian people, Arab people, Asian people, and others. We could, yes, we could. Uh, we have the resource. Africa is the center of resources. We have the um, we have the people. We have the numbers. Uh, we have the capability. Um, I mean, we have we have we have people with scientific mind we we can do it it's just it's it's a mentality uh and by the way um the caribbean and africa have the same um uh, issues that we do uh here in america and we need to stop thinking that there is a difference we have the common enemy and and africa is not appreciated and yes we're capable of doing it but we we need to we need to stop using uh, holistic uh, formats. We really do. We need to have unity formats. And and we all can have a, a quality of life. 
We all can have it. And um, yes, I do think we can do it. And I don't think we need anybody else in order to do it. And I don't have any problem with anyone else. But I also believe this, and I always tell people this, that we will never reach our pinnacle until we pull ourselves aside and grow first. Then we can sit around the table and negotiate with other folk. But we need to get together and grow first ourselves. And we can do it. Thank you so much, Doctor. Um, and we've we've actually seen we've actually seen other groups do that. Um, when we talk about when we talk about uh, I call them the fake Jews, but when we talk about them going into you know getting Israel and how they have set that up, um, and you know having that land base for their people, building economics, learning the science of money. Uh, learning the science of brotherhood and unity um, and their code of conduct that exists within their particular within their particular uh, uh, group. And they do have a code of conduct. I think uh, mm -hmm. they have certain practices where if you borrow something, there is no interest because it's from brother to brother or whatever. And, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, j just little things like that. So, um Dr. Williams, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on. Um, the people must get the book. It is a must read. They stole it, but we must return it. Uh, that's on Amazon, Kindle, all the places that he just mentioned. Do you have any last words for us, doctor, before we get off of here? Um, no, I, I, um, I'm, 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 I'm glad to see um, uh, shows like this. I do think one thing, though, let me just say this. I do think that one mistake we make as black folk, um, we expose all of our plans uh, publicly. And I think we need to start having um, more of a, a fraternity or, or whatever. Uh, not, that's not the right word. But we need to start planning for ourselves with ourselves and understand that um, uh, they're not for us, so why are, are they involved? They know everything we're going to do. We, we, we talk about everything we're going to do, and they sit down and they plan how they're going to counter that. We need to be strategic, strategic. We need to learn how to strategize. And, and that was something that was taken away from us because we, 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 we were not allowed to do that. All we were allowed to do was to carry out the strategy that they set up for us. Uh, so I think that there are some basic things that I, I think we we ought to do uh, ought to do. I mean, there are a lot of basic things, but it's the basic things that we need to start with. We need to have a communication system. We need to have a code of conduct. I think we need to have a philosophy, and um, we need to have also uh, commitment to each other, commitment to the to the cause. Uh, and and do something for our for our future generations. You know, our children. We, we need to. We and we. It's time. It is time. And uh, we owe it to our parents. We owe it to uh, to those that died, uh, their blood, sweat, and tears. We owe it to them, in their memory, to have their generation below us enjoy quality of life. So, uh, um, I'm, I'm just happy. Um, 
uh, I'm 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 impressed with with uh, with you, sir. <laughs> I am. Thank and you. I like to. And Sydney, uh, keep keep up the good work. This is this is good. We got to we got to keep these things going. You know, we got to and then eventually pull them all together. Yes. So. Facts. Thank you so much, Dr. Williams. I so appreciate you again and taking the time out to come on and share um, your experiences and, and, and your life works with us. Um, we would definitely love to have you back on because I know that you have other things to share um, and other things to give. Um, they say that, you know, our, our, our uh, elders are like their, their libraries and uh, you were definitely a library, sir. And you're a library that we need to extract as much information and knowledge that you have as we can uh, so that we can pass that on so that we can be that group that never forgets ever again what has happened to us and make sure that we never allow it to happen again. And so um, thank you so much. And I look forward to meeting you and uh, talking with you again, sir. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. And for the family, this is on the Wake Up Radio. This is a Cindy Ashby production. We appreciate you, Cindy. I see you behind the scenes looking great and magnificent as you always do. Uh, so for the family, remember um, <clears throat> our Bucks County. Uh, will happen September 11th. We'll be in Pitts in, in Pennsylvania uh, for Bucks County for the uh, Underground Railroad. Uh, so if you can make it out for that, that's September 11th. We'll meet at 12 noon. You will get more details on that meeting. I gave them the other day. I'll give them as we uh, get closer to that date. Also, don't forget, uh, we are still collecting for our land project and um, because we need our own communities. We need to build our own structures our own thing uh and we need we need drama and trauma-free communities for our for our young people our children uh for those that were in uh that got a chance to hear um dr uh richard williams please uh go get the book and uh, make sure that you have that on deck it's very informative uh also you can uh <clears throat> you can um see a copy of of the video it's on youtube as well uh just punch in richard williams it's richard williams but we need to respect him as dr richard williams uh and it's titled they stole it but you must return it and so um with that said you've been rocking with the brand i am yurima karama this is on the wake up radio uh a cindy asbury production we're going to get up out of here everybody have a splendid rest of your evening be safe move safely make sure that we are protecting our women and children black men and black men take that look in the mirror make sure that we are standing on manhood at all times and with that said peace prosperity salutations we are on up out of here i love you all one look it up Lord, individual. thanks for keeping the lights on Deang. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in Fed book jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? 
Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it. Tired of black people getting on white owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars, but you don't get one red cent of that money. Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.